Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, everyone, welcome back into another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, joined as always by Alex Barr from 985 The Sports Hub. Day 12 of Patriots training camp in the books. The last open session, it should be maybe their last practice here. They might have one more before they ship it up to Green Bay. But they're in game game prep mode here again with Houston on the horizon Thursday coming to Gillette. Another one of these practices where it was a lot of scout teamwork. They had the cards out just looking like we're, we're getting ready for Houston here on the practice fields today. Yeah, and it's been really interesting to see how much game prep they've done just because in in my six years covering camp, I don't ever remember seeing something that resembled a regular season practice as much as the majority of these last two days have. Now, not everything has. We saw the one-on-ones. We saw the the uh, the, the late 11-on-11 starters, two-minute trail goal line. But I, I can't help, and Brian, maybe I'm naive for this. Like, feel free to push back. You had Bill Belichick say earlier in the week, yeah, we have everything installed that we want to get installed. You had Bailey Zappi say earlier this week that the offense is ahead of schedule. So I can't help but link those two things. I actually, I believe they're ahead of schedule or I believe they believe they're ahead of schedule. I believe they're very happy with their progress at this point. And you're seeing them kind of get down to some more finer detail stuff that they certainly didn't get to last year. And even in other years, I don't know that they got to. Yeah, that makes sense. I I didn't even really think about putting those together but you heard you heard zappy say it yesterday well yeah maybe i'm being naive maybe i'm going a step too far that's possible it makes sense though but and then i mean we were saying like yesterday you had the in-stadium friday which was low-key and then saturday was off and then sunday was low-key we're we're showing up on monday yesterday and being like all right we're gonna like ramp this thing up we're gonna have the refs there the pads on we're really gonna get going and then it was just kind of one of these regular season practices if you would so that that, that's a good point it does kind of seem like they are ahead of schedule they're not really you know rushing to install things they're just hey we're gonna we have some time here to to prep for this game and and that's what we're gonna do yeah and it's again it's you you can't help but look at it and think it's a good sign yep especially where they were at this point last year right rushing to install all these different things changing their offense a few times but so, so good stuff, but there was a few competitive periods that we could take away stuff from, obviously the one-on-ones. I thought the, the biggest or most competitive was that last red zone period, which 
Mike Kosicki saw Kayshawn Booty's catch yesterday and said, I have to one-up that because that was a spectacular catch, kind of like back of the end zone around, I think it was Peppers, right? Yes. Well, it was Peppers and some, I don't remember who, somebody else was there. I think it might have been Sean Wade. Ton of defenders there. Poor Julius Peppers just keeps getting beat by Mike Kosicki and there's nothing he can do about it because just like snagging it out of the air with his right hand, getting both feet down. It, it was an awesome catch, probably better than Booty's yesterday, which was amazing too. But I think the bigger thing you could take out of that is you're starting to kind of see this Mike Kosicki, Mac Jones connection grow and that chemistry is growing after what was kind of a quiet start to the summer from that, from, from Gesicki there. Yeah, and it, we, we kind of talked about this yesterday. I talked to him yesterday. I feel like the chemistry is coming along with Mac Jones, and that's a big part of it. I think he's just feeling more comfortable in his role. We'll see how it continues to build, but it's it's super encouraging to see him get involved because we talked to you know, they haven't done as much red zone as they did early in camp when they struggled. And we covered the red zone struggles pretty extensively, but a lot of it was, <clears throat> hey, where's Mike Kosicki? This is a guy that's supposed to be showing up in the red zone, and he wasn't. And he's showing up elsewhere now, but you would think if he's showing up elsewhere, he's going to show up in the red zone. So I think there we never really closed the book on those red zone issues. They just kind of moved on and they were doing better with full field. And we said, okay, when they do get back in the red zone, I think it'll look a lot better because now Mac and Mike Kosicki are more on the same page. Yep. Obviously big body, big target in that red zone. So that, that'll be good for them to get on the same page. Hunter Henry still pretty active. It looks like Hunter Henry and Ramondre really are kind of two of Mac's favorite targets working the underneath. A lot of passes to them again today, especially Ramondre working against the linebackers. He, he looks like he really likes to go there. So that that's looks like Mac's two two guys now. Juju's still in that mix, but um, Tyquan Tyquan had a, a pretty good day t- today too. After what yeah. was a few bad practices the, the last few days. He needed a good day. He he got open deep, caught a deep ball from Zappi. He made a nice contested catch against Joshua Bledsoe for Mac Jones, climbing the ladder to go up and get it, coming down, holding on through contact. So that's super encouraging. Look, it's – oh, Andy B. Christian is also in one-on-one. Look, it's nice just – Yeah, it's just one day. He's got a long way to go to dig his – these are the days we thought he was going to have, like, consistently coming into camp he's got a long way to go to dig himself out of the hole he's dug himself into and, and demario douglas is right there on his tail maybe even ahead of him at this point but you know if there was a time to turn it around get going right before the first preseason game we'll see what if he has a good game thursday night we can start talking about okay slow start to camp but hey he's found a step and we're rolling uh he can't let this day be a one-off but yeah it was it was refreshing to see him actually the the catch against it was the big one for me because he was struggling so much with any kind of contact at the catch point and I thought Bledsoe gave him a pretty good shot on that one play. Yeah. And to still hold on to the ball and complete the catch, that's what he needs to do. That's what he wasn't doing last year. And we looked at it and we said, all right, he's a rookie. This should be his point of emphasis in the offseason. And one catch doesn't erase the four or five he hasn't made in that situation. But, hey, okay, at least he can do it. And that one-on-one against Gonzalez, really good, really good rep. Kind of sold like a fade looking back inside and then broke off outside. Good rep there. How much are you expecting to see from him here Thursday night? Taekwon? Yeah. I he he should play. And I, I know yeah. it's looking like Devontae Parker won't play, Juju won't play, like some of those veteran. When I say veteran, I mean non-rookie receivers, but he's got to play. He's in a position battle. He's he, he, play, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in a position battle with Tamara Douglas because Tamara Douglas is gonna play. And I think Tamara Douglas is gonna play well. 
So Taekwon's got to be there to go punch for punch. It's not just like, is Taekwon going to play? He's got to play a good amount. I want to see him for at least a half. So whether or not that happens, I don't know. You know, as Bill said today, they're still working on it. If you believe that, I got a bridge to sell you. Dietrich Wise told us after practice that he's not playing. So, you know, they figured it out pretty quickly. <laughs> right. But I I would hope Thornton plays a lot because we got to see a lot from him. Dietrich Wise sharing all the secrets this year. Told us earlier, like they were taking the pads off one day. Oh, you're right. And now he's saying he's uh he's not playing, I guess. His captaincy might be in danger there. Yeah. Jeez, Dietrich. But um <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Pop Douglas. I mean, a nasty move going on, on Miles Bryant and one-on-ones beat Christian Gonzalez too. I, I think he's undefeated and one-on-ones this summer. So Pop Douglas, he is the yeah. last one that is undefeated because it was Hunter Henry going into today, and Kyle Duggar beat him pretty cleanly, finally got him. And so it is just Demario Douglas who was undefeated. Yeah, so he he's looking awesome still. He bulked up. He said one one eighty three that range. So yeah, not so quite he's, what he's listed on as the roster, but he did he did put some put some muscle on there. It looked like. Yeah, like I said, I, I having seen him at the Shrine Bowl, seeing him now, yeah. I, I I said fifteen pounds might be a stretch, but if you told me put on ten or twelve, which based on what he told us today is about ten. Uh, I, I'd believe that he's carried it well, which is, which is so big that he's still just as quick, even with that added mass. Yeah. That's stop start. We keep talking about it, but he just keeps showing it. Very impressive. Working some punt returns too with, with Kayshawn Booty. He did muff one. Uh, Douglas did. Yeah. yeah. Who, do you see who punted that? Was that Behringer? I think that was Behringer. Yeah. Was Behringer. We'll get to, we'll get to that later. Cause that was some, uh, Douglas talked about him and, and we'll get to that, but any other, that was most of the pass catchers. I believe any other, I, I know you were watching the one-on-ones there. Anything else kind of stand out? Um, yeah, we did. We had the Taekwon win on Gonzalez, Jack Jones and, and Kendrick Bourne continue to have some really good battles. Yeah. Uh, Jack Jones got the better from today. I, Oh, uh, some really good coverage reps by Juwan Bentley and Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre won mm-hmm. them. It was really close, but uh, two years ago, wouldn't have been close at all. And and just the way Juwan Bentley's continued to develop, he made that big jump in coverage last year, and everybody talked about how important that was. I don't know that he's going to make as big of a jump this year. I don't know that he could without essentially becoming like a 260-pound Fred Warner. But he does. you can see that he's continued to kind of work on those coverage skills, and that's big. Yep, and, and uh, Jack Jones had he had a good pass breakup in, in 11s too. Matt kind of uncorked a post downfield to Kendrick Bourne, and Jack was there to break it up. So he's still involved here defensively. We, yeah. we talked about that yesterday. There could be a path for them just to punish him after everything that's gone on. Whether that's you know Marcus Jones outside a, a guy like Isaiah Bolden, but they're they're just keep throwing him out there, and he's making some of those ball hawk plays that we saw his rookie year. So. Uh, that, that's just still something to monitor here as we go on. It's court dates in 10 days, so we'll maybe get a little more clarification there, but he's out there for now. Yeah, and, and like you said, that'll be – I think it's the day before the second preseason game. So I don't yeah. – I actually don't know how that's going to work. With joint practice. he can do the court date on Zoom if you know from Green Bay, if he's going to have to come back and miss a day. I would assume he's not going to play in the game. Yeah. But it's that that will be that that kind of snuck up on us fast. I forgot that's coming up, but that yeah. it's going to be interesting to see to see what happens so with that because it'll it'll shape the conversation around him again. So it's Wednesday and Thursday next week, 16th and 17th are the joint practices, and then Jack's 
has his court date the 18th, and then the preseason game is Saturday the 19th. So his availability kind of throughout that week will be interesting to monitor there. But um, other the last uh, offensive note, well, pass catcher note, because we'll talk about the offensive line in a second. Yeah. But your guy, Johnny Lumpkin, contact. We can see him in the run game Thursday night. He, he shed his red non-contact jersey. So whatever that was, it was only – few days and he's ready for contact on thursday so i guess when greg bedard was on with felger he brought up johnny lumpkin and and felger hadn't heard of johnny lumpkin before which (laughs) i'm now kicking myself because i was on with felger like an hour before that happened and he asked me like oh what other players do you want to talk about and i didn't say johnny lumpkin like that's so on i would have loved to have been the person to introduce felger to johnny lumpkin and i missed my chance and i'll regret it forever (laughs) would that be like a felger guy or something does he like those no, he would be like Johnny Lumpkin. We who would we do Johnny Lumpkin on your own time? Like that's such <laughs> not his guy. Like he would make up that name. Oh yeah, you you know they don't have any star receivers, but you're over here hyping up. I don't know the third Johnny side Lumpkin. end, Johnny Lumpkin. That's how he would like. That sounds like a name him and Jim Murray would make up. And I almost had like I wanted them to draft Jake Bobo so bad just because Felger and Mass call all the fans they don't like Bobos, and I was so excited for there to be Bobos, Bobos, the people who really like Jake Bobo, but. Johnny Lumpkin would have been close. <laughs> Jake Bobo, that would have been a good one. But um, so offensive line, good news. Trent Brown was participating in, in team drills, not full go, but he he was in there for a good amount. And then they just rotated those tackles pretty much at will. Connor McDermott, Riley Reef in there. Whether they were rotating at right with Trent at left, or if Trent came out, they would you know bounce around on both sides and. Even City So got some time with that kind of projected starting unit at, at right tackle. So Trent mentioned yesterday it was an injury. Doesn't seem like that serious if he's out there now in full pads. And then that other tackle spot, like we're just going to keep rotating these guys, it looks like, until one of them can maybe separate from the pack a little bit. Yeah, so I, I'd say an encouraging sign for Trent Brown. Still seems like he's got a way to go, but he's building up. That's what we want to see. I'd be surprised if we see him on Thursday. I – Connor McDermott, Riley Reef, the battle continues. And what I'm really curious about, so Trent not practicing, it's been the right tackle battle, but Riley Reef's been on the left side because they just yeah. they need the bodies. I would guess that's going to be the starting tackle combination for the game. Is is Reef on the left side, McDermott on the right side? But at the same time, they got to figure out a way to to, to get Reef's reps on the right reps on the right side because we got to see it. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, this is going to be a for any line position, you really need the preseason games themselves to evaluate. And this is, this is, this is really our biggest chance yet to see what's going on at that right tackle spot. Yep. And and that defensive line, they kind of took it to the offensive line and and one-on-one battles. Speak of those tackles, Matt Judon had his first one-on-one of, of the summer here as, you know, fresh off the contract or structure beat Riley Reese. It wasn't a, you know, a dominant win, but but he still beat him. And then McDermott got beat. Really good rep on, by Keon White. So those two guys losing their one-on-ones, which is something they've been kind of good at throughout the summer. We've talked, like, they're winning the one-on-ones, then you move over to 11s, and it's not always great. Today, it wasn't really great at either stage of practice. So Keon White, big win over McDermott, beat Jake Andrews, too. And, and then Devon Godchow really had a nice win over Antonio Maffi kind of round out that that defense but david andrews he looks solid as ever he had a big win over christian barmore and, and chasen hines i thought it was interesting he pitched in two wins 
But throughout that kind of session, it, it was the defensive line kind of taking it to him again. And we're going to get the answer to that question that we've been talking about a lot, which which way is it with, with what we've seen from both the offensive and defensive line? Is the defensive line as good as the offensive line this bad? I think it's some of both. But we finally get to see the defensive line against, for lack of a better term, appropriate an appropriate level of competition. And for the offensive line, I mean, it's still going to be a struggle for the offensive line. They have all backups. I don't know what more we're going to learn about them. But for that, like, I know uh, uh, Titus Howard got hurt, I think it was yesterday or today. So the Texans will be without one of their starting tackles. But for the most part, we're going to, I would assume that if CJ Stroud's playing, they're going to want to protect them as best they can. So we're going to get, we're going to get to see this defensive line finally against at least more than half of a starting offensive line on the other side, which is more than you can say for what's been the majority of this training camp. Yep. And I saw someone said, Bamor picked up a right guard. That was yesterday. He gave a, Poor Cody Rusi, the old Reggie White hump move, and just kind of dumped him on his backside. But uh, David Andrews wasn't having that today. He, he had a nice win over him. But um, that was pretty much all the one-on-ones. We said, again, a lot of you know the scout team work with the card throughout practice. A lot of Malik Cunningham back at quarterback. So looks like we might get a good look at him, which will be fun Thursday night. Looked all right passing, like the short field, little rusty, airing it out a little bit. But – that, that athleticism, that elusiveness, that'll that'll just be fun to watch uh, on Thursday yeah. and how they kind of run that that scout team offense with them. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for because it it's not we haven't really seen the Patriots run an offense like that. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to see. And they'll have speed on the field. I mean, some of these guys aren't going to make the team because they may not have the skill. But him, Tyreek Pitts, Trey Nixon, like that's a fat that's fast offense. Scotty that's, Washington, that's yeah. a fast offense. They don't have the skill. Like, that's not going to be their starting offense. Obviously, most of those guys don't make the team, but it'll be fun to watch. Like, like sometimes there's things in the preseason. I know people are going to kind of roll their eyes at me uh, about this. And again, Fel, I can hear Felger do this on your own time, but there's some preseason things that are just fun. Like, you're not going to get to see, like, Malik Cunningham running this offense and doing, like, you're not going to see that in a regular season. This is when you're going to get to see it. It'll be fun to watch. Um, certain guys going off, like the Ralph Webb thing. Ralph Webb was never going to make the Patriots. He was never going to make the team, but he just was a beast in that preseason. It was right. cool to see. So I, I think Malik Cunningham is going to be that guy this year to like, well, we all know deep down it's not really, it doesn't mean anything in terms of the big picture of the 2023 Patriots. But in those preseason games, especially once you get to, you know, night games on Friday and Saturday, it's weeks two and three, it can, it can start to become a slog. So I think Malik Cunningham will provide a little pick me up. I'm trying to remember who that was last year. It was kind of a little Jordan Humphrey, but he also had a chance to make the team. He did make the team. Yeah. So that one was a little different, but yeah, there's, there's, there's always like the crave on the block here, right? There's always one or two guys that, you know, aren't going to make the team, but they're just, you, you're happy for them. They're out there living their dream and it's fun to watch. You might as well have fun while you're doing it. Right. If right. You gotta, if you got to go through it, you might as well have fun. But um, anything else, offense, defense takeaways, we'll jump to special teams here in a second, but anything else you got in from your notebook today? Um, I, I mean, there were, there were hang times. There were hang times today. It was another uh, dominant day for Bryce Barringer. I'm trying to load my notebook. I think we talked about the Kasiki catch, right? Yep. Well, with that. So there was that. Uh, Taekwon had a good day. Oh, this was just really interesting. And it goes back to something I said before about how it feels like they're maybe a little ahead of schedule. Uh, they're doing some things I haven't seen them do in the past in camp. They did a two-minute drill where it was like a two-minute drill with the lead. So the offense had the ball – 
running the ball, try to kill the two minutes, and the defense had to try to get the ball back. I don't recall seeing them do that kind of two-minute drill, but it was very interesting to watch. Yeah. So I, I got that as note. Oh, and, and Trey Flowers not practicing starting the season on PUP. Uh, not surprising to me. I yeah. hasn't been on a football field in months. It's going to have to get in shape. Yeah. Bill kind of mentioned that this morning, right? He's like, he hasn't played in a while, which I think IR on, with that foot injury in September, I think he only played like 60 snaps for Miami last year. So he's on, he's on the pup list here. Bill said, didn't expect him to practice anytime soon. He's got to kind of work back into things. So maybe we'll see him at some point down the line this summer, but who knows that that's where Trey flowers is at, but let's get into that specialist stuff. Kickers or punters? Where do you want to start? Let's start with the kicker. kicker. So yeah. it was, it was Ryland's day after full candled it yesterday. He was three for four with like a live rush quote unquote, if you want to call it. And then he had another make kind of from deep with just that snapper and the holder all to be about in that 45, 50 yard range. And I think his miss was just a little wide, right? So him and folk, they're pretty, they're pretty consistent with just like three for four or four for five days here going back and forth. Yeah. It's still just Ryland hitting a 45 yard field goal. looks a lot different than Nick folk hitting a 45 yard field goal, right? Ryland puts it through when it's three quarters of the way up the uprights folk from 45, you're holding on to the edge of your seat. So I still have the edge to Ryland, the strong edge to Ryland. Yep. And, and, he was kickoffs today because they're just alternating days, both of those jobs, it looks like. So, yeah, yeah the, the the ball, just at the height, the distance, just see it off the foot a little bit. It, it's just more Ryland. And then Barringer, still the top holder throughout that. And then he was booming the ball again today. I, I know you have the hang times, but I want to – we'll play a little video because Alex asked Mario Douglas, who was returning today, and he had that muff. And he caught that one in the in-stadium from Barringer the other night, which was like 65 yards, and he had to run backwards. And, and you'll, you'll see his, his reaction when, we, when you ask him about Barringer. It's the same reaction I have, but uh, we'll, we'll play it here quick. Tell us, just along those lines, what can you tell us about Bryce Barringer? What have you learned about him? Just kind of how's his ball to read? Yeah, he kicked that. He, I say uh, we got two good punters, uh, one with the left foot and one with the right. You know, uh, So going with both of them, I see, see – so when – Ever we have a different team with, you know, whatever kicker, I'll be prepared. So um, I say with both of our kickers, Bryce, right leg, he boots that thing, and, you know, Corliss, left leg, he kicks it. Tell us. So as he said, he boots that thing. Which is right, so, so Beringer boots it, Waitman kicks it. You can <laughs> tell at the beginning there, because I asked him specifically, because I, I asked uh, – Beringer about this, like, are you doing anything different? There's all these muff punts. How does the ball come off your foot? And he, he's like, yeah, I can't control it. It does what it does. But eh, I, I think he's trying to keep some of the, the company secrets in house there. But you could tell right away tomorrow, Douglas. He he caught himself. He didn't remember there were two punters, but yeah. ooh, he boots that thing. So and he's not wrong. He's not it's wrong. Not, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, did you have the hang times? You want to read them? Uh, I, I I don't have them in front of me, but but I know. Barringer maxed out at four eight two today. I think Waitman maxed out about four six. There were no five plus bombs, but still. no. But it was it was yeah. the drill they were doing. They were working really? on kicking out of the end zone, so yeah. that's a quick release. You're not gonna you're not gonna get a five second hang time from that spot. You're yeah. you're prioritizing distance over over height on those kicks. Yeah, but still looks like 
that rookie duo is in the lead here. Things would need to go really south really quickly for them to probably get past. But I think that kind of wraps up, you know, today's practice. So we will get into a little more preview for Thursday's game here in a second. But let's hear from our good pals over at FanDuel before we do so. Because I will tell you that football season is about to kick off and FanDuel's giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That's a good deal. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl. You'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. 21 plus and present in MA. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com backslash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gambling helpline MA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so preseason opener Thursday night. Again, doesn't look like we'll see Mac or many of those frontline starters, but I guess right out of the gate, is any guys that you're like really watching closely here as we kick things off? Well, it's funny. All the Bailey Zappi people are finally going to get to hear Patriots starting quarterback Bailey Zappi, <laughs> so enjoy, enjoy it while you can. It, for me, it, given, like you said, the guys that we don't think are, aren't going to play some of those top-line guys, there's there's two uh, called three spots I'm really looking at, three things I'm really looking at. First off, that right tackle position, which we already kind of discussed, the battle between Connor McDermott, Riley Reef, can City Sal maybe get himself in that conversation? We'll find out, but first real chance to evaluate them. The second thing I'm looking at, another position battle, wide receiver, Tyquan Thornton, Demario Douglas, you want to throw Kayshawn Booty in there? I think that's totally fair, but DeMar- it's Demario Douglas and Booty, it's their first live NFL rep. So that will tell us a lot. Can Thornton build off the day he had today? It's it, We don't know. It's wide open to me between those three guys. If I had to rank them, I would go, and this is all things considered, just in terms of how I think the team's looking at them right now, uh, Douglas, Thornton, Booty, but it's all super close. That could all completely change by the time you know Thursday night rolls around, but – I think seeing those guys, and Thornton needs to play. I, I know some of the more veteran receivers aren't playing, but he's a guy that's got to play. It, we, I think we learn a lot about wh- how those three stack up on Thursday night. The final thing, just just rookies. Uh, you know, Christian Gonzalez against, uh, will Robert Woods play? Will Nico Collins play? Will we get to see him against some experienced NFL wide receivers? Want to see Keon White, how he handles contact how he handles a full physical game. I think he's a guy that, that will get spotlighted a lot. Marte Mapu, where are they using him? How are they using him? I'd love to see him get some coverage reps on Dalton Schultz. I think that would be super informative. I'd like to see him maybe spy CJ Stroud a little bit, see how he looks in that role, how comfortable he looks in that role. And then obviously uh, tomorrow, Douglas, who I talked about, I think those are the, the rookies that'll be spotlighted. Yeah. How much do you think we'll see Mapu? Cause he's still in that red non-contact Jersey. Yeah, so that that's fair. I I'm not sure. It, I'd like to see it. I, I'm not. Yeah. I, I I'm kind Maybe of fifty fifty on that. There's been times in the past where guys have been in a red jersey, non contact, gone out, played in the preseason game, and then just been in the red non contact on the other side, like coming out of the game. So maybe he's limited. I, I'm not entirely sure, but if he does play, I think it, it could be a really informative night in terms of what their plan is for him this year. Yeah, I ho- I hope we get to see him. 
But um, you you pretty much nailed like the big three there. Other ones like the right tackle will obviously be the headline on that O line, but there's a ton of like depth pieces along the interior. Obviously, they drafted a bunch of guys, so there's not room for everyone. So seeing if one of those, maybe it's a Cody Rusi or one of these, you know, Jake Andrews or Antonio Mafi can separate themselves from the rest of the bunch here because we had them like nine O linemen, so there's not room for everyone that competition will be good. And then the running backs, Kevin Harris, Pierre strong, they still haven't brought anyone in. Can one of these guys kind of separate, become that number two spell back here and maybe say, Hey, we don't need to go at a Zeke Elliott or, or something like that. So seeing good games, good performances from them run game, pass game, that would be an encouraging sign here to start off the preseason. I think that's a really good point, Brian. Honestly, we, we've talked about, and I just had Bob Sosi on the 98.5 The Sports Hub Patriots podcast, and, and we talked a little bit about the running back position. Actually, I think we had this conversation after. So me and Bob do a podcast, as we do, continue the conversation after. But uh, this is kind of a big chance for, you know, we, we've talked about uh, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, maybe Dalvin Cook. I still don't think that's happening. But this is kind of a big chance for, for either Kevin Harris and or Pierre Strong to step up and say – you don't need to sign another running back. I can be the number two guy. I can make plays. I really big chance. Cause those guys, I don't think either of them have been bad so far in camp. They have, no. but I don't think either of them have been good either. There, there hasn't been a lot to get excited about from either one. They've just kind of been there, which, you know, for third or fourth running back isn't a bad trade, especially guys entering the second year, but they're, they're trying to replace Damian Harris, who was a true number two running back. So, they they do need if, – if one of those guys isn't going to emerge, they are going to need to sign another running back. They may need to anyway, but it could be the difference between signing Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette to be your second back versus, you know, Stronger Harris becomes your second back, and then you're signing, you know, C.J. Marable, some guy out of the, the, the uh, USFL, to just be a, a depth guy. Body, yeah. 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 I mean, there hasn't been – I feel like there haven't been – too much like run heavy like opportunities for them to really imp- impress so far but yeah if, if one of them can really have a, a good preseason game here then maybe lead into it next week with a good couple joint practices and just say hey like we got it we can we can take this this bigger role on that that would be really encouraging out of the backfield because we've said it so much they need someone there to take some of that you know, workload off of Andre Stevenson. And, and I like Pierre Strong, his speed, fantastic. They can get it out there. Kevin Harris just seems like a kind of like a Damian Harris, just one of those efficient running runners. Yeah. So if, if one of them can do it, that, that would be awesome, especially rookie contracts on rookie contracts and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But, um, those are pretty much big things. Big things I'm watching. Obviously, kickers and punters get in that stadium. I don't. Of I think course. it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good good weather night Thursday. But seeing live action, how it, in that new stadium with the scoreboard will be interesting. And hopefully, we can talk to maybe some of the returners after. See how the ball flutters and things like that. Actually, I think it's actually supposed to rain Thursday night. I, just was going to say, yeah, it looks like some rain. So even to make that a little more interesting. On the and some list. wind, 14-mile-an-hour wind. So we'll see. Stakes yeah. are high. I'm guessing it'll be the rookies for that. I don't think they yeah. need to see Nick Folk in the preseason or anything. So I'd expect Ryland and Barringer there. Same, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
So any last preseason thoughts before we can get into some fun stuff with some rookie numbers here? No, let's hear from LinkedIn and then get into that. All right. All right, so the first preseason game also marks the last time or the first time rookies get new numbers. They'll ditch their 50s and 60s. So we'll have a little fun to end here and go through and try to predict. I think Christian Gonzalez is an easy zero, right? No one has I'm going to give you a hot take, Brian. Oh, I don't really? think he's getting You're going... zero. I don't think really? he's getting zero. Not now. Oh, you think they're going to so, like wait till I, the regular season? I I would remind people if you're waiting for tomorrow or Thursday or whenever it is to go rush out and buy the jersey, uh, Christian Barmore wore 70 as a rookie in the preseason, later switched to 90. Jack Jones was 34, switched to 13 for the regular season. That one might have been a downgrade, but he made it work. Um, so the numbers aren't finalized because guys are going to get cut and guys will still switch. And I just don't think Christian Gonzalez is going to get zero for the preseason. I don't think he is. I don't think any rookies are going to get any single digit numbers until they actually make the team. So what does that leave with for Christian Gonzalez? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe something. So 30 is available. I, that would be the only one with a zero in it. So maybe 30, right? Because 20s retired, 40s retired. What it, what else even would he be eligible for? I mean, they're not going to reissue 12. That's- I guess in theory, he could take seven, uh, 14, 17, or 19. Because those are guys who aren't definitely going to make the team who you can have two guys with the same number as long as they're on opposite sides of the ball. So maybe something like that. Yeah, I'm going to say 30. Some. If you're not going zero, then I'd say 30. I'm going to say 30 or I maybe Montgomery's too much of a lock at 14. So I'm going to say 30, 17, or 19. For right. Just a hunch. So- could, could Keon, Keon White could wear six, right? If it's just Nick Folk. Unless they want to have him on the field goal unit. Because so so when I say different sides of the ball, what the rule really is is you can't have two guys on the field with the same number at the same time. So I I, I think Keon White's a guy who does kind of project as a field goal unit player. Yeah. Um I wonder if like uh 76, I know Calvin Anderson has it, but like I could see him in 76. He's a guy, again, like like Christian Barmore. I could see him maybe in the 70s, 72, 73, something like that. I also feel like he'd look cool in 99, big defensive lineman, but I know you're probably saving that one. So. Oh, yeah, I'm saving that. Yeah, th- he would look good in that one. But um, yeah. Mapu, I think he looks pretty good in 52. I know he wore what the like NFL PA bowl or whatever that just got canceled actually today that he played in, he wore 54. So I think he was five in college. Right. But that's yeah. taken by peppers. So that, that's I, I, taken. Was, I was going like 52, stay in 52 or maybe 54. Every year. There's one guy that keeps his number yeah. of the, like the, the rookie class. Now I could see Keon white at the end of the day, keeping 51. He's going to change yeah. out of it. I could see him going back to it, but if anybody else look, they like giving 54 to linebackers after Brewski. They gave it to, to Hightower after a brief stint at guard with Brian Waters. But I think 52 or 54 for Mapu make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I, I, I think one of those two. Because five would be sick, but he's not getting five. And yeah. actually, I'll give you one more I could see with him. This is He's not going to get this in the preseason. I wonder if he'd wear 15 in the regular season, assuming Waitman doesn't make the team. Yeah, I could see that. Definitely. Although 30, yeah, 30 could work from two. Some people point out in the chat that one's not taken. 
then so I had I went Jake Andrews back to fifty five, which he wore at Troy, and then Moffy. He's not going to get fifty five. Really? Why not? Because Josh Uche is too much of an established player. If they're going to double up, it would be with an established player. I wasn't even thinking that. I could see Andrews staying at fifty three. Yeah, I could see that. And then I had Moffy. He wore fifty six in, in college, so that seems that's retired. That's, that's oh, pseudo retired. It's not retired, but it should be. They don't issue it anymore. It's not officially okay. retired, but nobody's worn it since Andre Tippett. Uh, fifty six so and fifty seven are both retired. So where do you have so, Moffy going? Um, well, so Sal will probably go somewhere in the seventies. Moffy, uh, give me sixty eight for Antonio Moffy. Are we writing these down? Are we keeping track of these? We're going to see who gets more of them right. Somebody somebody, go back through all this and, and just tweet the list out and, and let us know who won at the end of the day. Okay. I, our, our viewers are awesome. Somebody's going to do it. All right. We'll see it. Even though half the numbers I listed are, are retired apparently. but uh. I'll, I'll catch it if you give one that, that doesn't work. All right. Booty. I was thinking uh, 81. Yeah, he's probably going to have to go in the 80s, right? Um, you know what? Actually, team. I like 83 for him. I like 83 for him. I don't know. He's got a little Dion Branch in his game. A little so bit. I went I went Douglas 83 because he wore three in college and Booty was one. So I just added an eight. That's how I did that. But I, I, I could So I'll, I'll give you mine on Douglas in a second. Uh, I... The thing that scares me with Booty, if he makes the team, Scotty Washington's not going to make the team. Booty could be a guy that wears 17. Oh, yeah, first, 100%. And I don't love that. Like, regular season, he's not going to get it right now. Demario Douglas should be number 80. Punt returner, yeah. small, wiggly wide receiver. Troy Brown's got to go to him and, like, pass the baton. I pass need to see – I maybe even more than I need to see Gonzalez in zero and, like, 19 or 17 would suck for him. 30, maybe like that's a little bit easier to swallow. He's not getting 24. I know people want that. Joshua Bledsoe's keeping that, but like I would take Christian Gonzalez in a weird number before, like, like I, I would take Demario Douglas in 80 if it means Christian Gonzalez in a weird number. If there is one number I need, I know you have yours, we're gonna get to. We'll call this one like the lock. We get two points if we get this right, making up the rules as we go. I need Demario Douglas in number 80. That would be sick. That would be. Yeah, I was between but I, you're, 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 you're on the right track with 83. You're on the right track yeah. with 83. Call I was I was at 80 or 83, but I just he wore three, so I I, I went 83 there. And no, that's probably that's probably a good guess. Um, yeah, uh, still that slot number. So who is 13 right now? Uh, Jack Jones. Who is? Oh, it, it 13. Oh no, 13's Jack. 13's Jack. And then, this is an interesting one. Uh, uh, 30 for Douglas. Give him that kind of hybrid. <laughs> that could be interesting because he is going to do some be. running back type stuff. All right. I, you know what? I could see that, but no, I want him in 80. Yeah. 80 number would be best for him. Yeah. Uh, speed yeah. and Bolden. I was like that same type of thing with Gonzalez. There just aren't many numbers really to go around there. I was going to say if Gonzalez is zero, I had Bolden in 30 because I think he wore three again, or he, he was like 23, but he also wore three in high school, I think. So I went 30 yeah. for Bolden. I don't need, I could, I don't even know what, what speed would wear because he was six at Michigan State and nine at Georgia, I believe. So those are obviously taken, but I would say you're probably looking at 30 and 37 for those two. Yeah. Either way, they're both, they're both open. Yep. 
So that would make sense there. Malik. This is a quarterback, technically. That's so. going to be an interesting one. <laughs> They're going to have to double up on numbers. Could, is, 20, is 20 a quarterback number? Oh, he's retired, yeah. Like 22 is Doug Flutie, but 20 is retired. Um, 22 uh, – no, 22 is um, Yeah, Malik Cunningham is going to be a tricky – He could be like a 15 or 17 with one of those. Get like three or five. You cut out there. You got me? Got you now. All right. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be tough. Okay. Uh, Cunningham, yeah. this is kind of getting tough. This is getting tricky. Maybe like. 15 with Waitman? Yeah. I think so. Maybe. I could see that. And then... Maybe he gets 19. I think that... Or Helig. Maybe you just know what the 66. Is, I wouldn't rule out... I, I wouldn't rule out Cunningham getting a number in the 80s and then just playing quarterback. I wouldn't rule that out either. Just more fun, right? Add more fun to the right. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Ryland, Helig's going to get some number in the forties. Ryland could have get a number in the forties, so kickers can wear zero to forty-nine and then ninety-nine. They're pretty in ninety to ninety-nine. Sorry. So forty is open. Forty is the only number in the forties. No, retired. Open. Retired. If retired. Jeez. If so, they're going to have to double up there. Uh, 94 is open. That's true. That could be like Justice Tavai, or I could see him staying at 68, honestly. Or it could be Chad Ryland. That would be fun. Yeah. 94 and 99, the dynamic duo, because Bryce yeah. Barringer is going back to 99 just to complete the look. Make the it look punter. like college football. <laughs> But um, I think, or unless you have one for Thyric Pitts, I, I think those are all the rookies that we. Yeah, I Thyric Pitts might still wear sixty-seven. I have no <laughs> idea. That's the other thing we forgot about. This. Some numbers will open up. Like I'm scrolling the roster, like sixty-seven will open up for the lineman, right? Because Thyric Pitts is changing his number. Yeah, fifty will open up uh, for the lineman because because Christian or for linebackers, maybe Marte Mapu wears fifty because Christian Gonzalez obviously won't have it anymore. So it all juggles but my my bold my bold prediction is Gonzalez does not get zero for the preseason i think he might get it for the regular season but not for the preseason and i need to see demario douglas in 80 those are my two 80. big number takes those would be awesome well douglas douglas would be cool i want gonzalez in zero but i could see the, a way they don't do that right away but as long as Barringer gets 99 i'll be happy cuz that'll be awesome but um so we need we need Barringer in 99 and we need douglas in 80 Douglas in 80 and then we'll be all set We'll just be good for we'll be good for the rest of the summer, but um yeah. yeah so they should get those. We'll either announce them tomorrow or like Thursday morning before before. The it's game. usually like Thursday early afternoon. Yeah, so we'll be on so. the lookout for those. But believe that'll do it for us here tonight. We'll be back sometime to break down the game, or there might be another training camp practice added to the mix here. Before they leave for Green Bay, but 
In the meantime, you can go follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and go read all his training camp coverage over at 985esportshub.com and follow me on Twitter at IamBrianHines and go read all my training camp coverage over at patspulpit.com. And thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys 